Would it surprise you to know that two to three million adults have OCD in the United States? I bet there might be some other things that surprise you about OCD as well. Today we're talking about myths and misunderstandings and what you really should know about obsessive compulsive disorder. It's one of the most misunderstood, mocked, and stereotyped disorders there is. But in reality, it brings suffering to many, many people. If you want to learn more about a disorder that is perhaps the most misunderstood one of all in American culture, you'll want to listen to today's Baggage Check. Welcome. I'm Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this is Baggage Check, mental health talk and advice, with new episodes every other Friday. I am very glad that you are here. I must remind you that Baggage Check is not a show about luggage or travel. Incidentally, it is also not a show about proper spray insulation technique. Okay, let's go ahead and get started. So way back in episode 24, we had author and journalist David Adam with us who spoke about his own experience of obsessive compulsive disorder. I would highly encourage you to give that episode a listen if you have not already. But what I wanted to focus on today was directly and clearly combating some of the myths that are out there about OCD. I always talk to my students about how OCD or obsessive compulsive disorder is probably one of the most, if not the most, stereotyped and wrongly understood disorders out of all of them. People think that OCD is a personality trait, that it makes you neat, that it makes you persnickety and perfectionistic. A lot of times it makes it sound like OCD is just a mere inconvenience rather than a significant mental health disorder. So my goal today is just to outline the most common misperceptions about OCD that I've seen and help us understand and perhaps have more empathy and compassion for those folks who are suffering from it. So first, let's talk about the basics of what obsessive compulsive disorder is. The O stands for obsessions and the C stands for compulsions. The O, the obsessions, are intrusive, repetitive, distressing thoughts. They're sticky thoughts. They come over and over and over again. And they're bothersome. They're anxiety provoking. Whereas the C, the compulsions, are behaviors that somebody engages in in an attempt to try to rid themselves of the obsessive types of thoughts. So the rituals or the compulsions are repetitive as well. And they can be any number of things from physical movements to counting to washing to ritualistic types of things. Oftentimes they go hand in hand with what the obsession is. So for instance, if somebody has an intrusive obsession about germs, they might have the compulsion to wash their hands and do that repetitively in a way that it really starts to impede and impair their life. But sometimes it's unclear what the connection is. Or sometimes every now and then somebody just has the O part 
the obsessions, we might call this pure OCD, or somebody might just seem to have compulsive behaviors and it's hard to actually parse out what obsessions might have started them. So I give the germ example, which is probably a mistake because that's one of the stereotypes that everybody with OCD is afraid of germs. And in reality, that's just one potential obsession. There are all kinds of other obsessions that are very common in OCD. Um, The thoughts that somebody will break in. So that, of course, would lead you to the compulsion of checking locks. The thoughts of something bad happening. The thoughts of acting on an aggressive impulse. OCD obsessions can involve unwanted sexual images or thoughts of being a bad person or the need for symmetry or the need to start over when something has been started incompletely or imperfectly. Sometimes people can talk pretty clearly about what their obsessions are and how their compulsions follow. Other times it feels really overwhelming and murky, even to the person. They've got so many intrusive thoughts that are just repeating and repeating and repeating. And the thoughts are so distressing. They can't just let them go. The thoughts feel dangerous. Unlike a person without OCD who might have fleeting thoughts that are random or strange, a person with OCD is incredibly bothered by the thoughts that they do have, especially these thoughts that become very repetitive. And so that becomes really a vicious cycle because the more bothersome a thought is, the harder it is to get it to go away and the more seriously someone takes it. Folks with OCD often have what we call a thought-action fusion. That means that when they have a thought, they feel like it is the equivalent to the action. They feel like it's almost as bad. So for instance, if somebody is afraid of screaming the F word in church and it's an obsessive, compulsive, repetitive thought, they might feel like a sinner just for having that thought. They might feel like it's just as bad, just as distressing for them to have that thought compared to even them acting on it, even though the rest of us know that there are very, very, very big differences between having a thought and acting on it. Now, when does it actually become a disorder? This is always the million-dollar question for anything. We might have quirks or personality characteristics or behaviors that start to look a little bit like OCD or do things almost in a superstitious, ritualistic type of way. But the key with any psych disorder is that we have impairment and distress, that daily life is affected, or that the person's angst and upset about it is so tremendous that it's really getting in the way of their functioning. That's really key because otherwise we're just pathologizing behavior that's not really having as big of an impact as it should be in order for us to call it a psych disorder. All right, shall we get to some myths? Here we go. Myth number one, OCD means you're a perfectionist. No. This is the way that we've come to understand OCD, especially in American culture. We think about it as being synonymous with being sort of anal, but that doesn't have any basis in reality. People with OCD often feel out of control, that they're lost in the cycle of obsessions, and the compulsions are a desperate attempt to try to feel in control, but it's not working. They may feel like perfection is nowhere to be found. 
it's not about wanting things exactly right. I mean, maybe someone with OCD could have a specific obsession about symmetry or ordering um, or arranging certain things. But in general, it's really not synonymous with OCD to be a perfectionist. It's literally about the continual struggle. Those with OCD really have a hard time quieting those sticky, those itchy thoughts, the thoughts that keep intruding. And the compulsions feel kind of desperate. They're trying to scratch those itches. So despite all of the different memes that always go around on social media, OCD does not mean that you're a perfectionist, even though we use it that way in slang. There's probably some confusion because there is a personality disorder called obsessive compulsive personality disorder, which honestly, it doesn't make any sense for it to have that title. But that personality disorder does speak a little bit more towards maybe some of the rigidity that we see in the slang pop culture definition of OCD. But really, these are separate disorders. And the personality disorder one is just, again, nothing to do with the obsessions and compulsions per se, that true OCD has. Number two, OCD means you're extremely neat or afraid of germs. Also, no. Now, I've perhaps confused the issue by mentioning that some people who have OCD do have that germ obsession and they might have the contamination obsession to the point where they have that classic ritual of washing their hands. But lots and lots and lots of people with OCD don't have anything related to germs or with washing hands. The, th- the obsessive thoughts that people have with OCD can be about anything distressing, anything under the sun. And literally just one tiny subtype would be the germ fear. And lots of people who have obsessive compulsive disorder might also have some comorbid hoarding disorder. So hoarding actually used to be a subtype of obsessive compulsive disorder. So those who hoard objects and have clutter to the point of having unsafe living conditions, they most definitely are not super neat. And a lot of them are really not living in a particularly um, germ-free environment either. Myth number three, OCD is just a personality type. This is not true. Obsessive compulsive disorder isn't a personality. It is a genuine mental disorder. It can cause immense upset, immense challenges, and people of many different personality types might suffer from it. People who are quiet, people who are loud, people who have what are considered very rigid personalities versus people who maybe are less structured. Again, the presence of those obsessions and compulsions is what defines OCD, not having sort of a general mindset or general types of behavior patterns. As I mentioned, it can be very confusing because we do have something called obsessive compulsive personality disorder. But again, that's not what most people are talking about when they talk about OCD because there's no P in there. So thinking about OCD, a lot of people, you might not know they're suffering from it 
they are suffering in their own heads. They are trying really hard to mask their compulsions. Whereas other people's compulsions might have grown more obvious. They might be counting out loud. They might be tapping or moving. They might have some ticks that go along with the compulsions. It just goes to show, though, that we never really know what somebody is dealing with. And if somebody has a certain personality type, that is not the time to slap a label of a psych disorder on them. Myth number four, people with OCD just need to relax. A person with OCD is most definitely struggling from upset and anxiety, but nobody in the history of any upset or anxiety has ever felt better from being told to just relax. They are suffering from intrusions into their thought processes and habits that are taking over their lives. They might feel like their brains are their worst enemies at times. So encouraging them just to relax really doesn't do anything. And in fact, oftentimes they feel like their thoughts are working against them. So trying actively to control their thoughts or their behaviors in any kind of way might have a paradoxical effect. So it's really a matter of, for treatment, being able to get some help that specifically targets the obsessions, that helps them feel like they can be tolerated. And that would be in the form of something like exposure and response prevention, which brings us to myth number five, that OCD is just the way that you are and that it can't be helped. Thankfully, this one is every bit as wrong as the others. When it comes to OCD, even in severe cases, we have a lot of different reasons for hope. There are lots of different ways that cognitive behavioral therapy can help, specifically in the form of ERP, exposure and response prevention, or exposure and ritual prevention. What that means is that you are exposed to the obsession, but you are prevented from having the typical response or the typical compulsion, right? That's what's being prevented, the response or the ritual or the compulsion. Now, I know this can sound like people's worst nightmare because their compulsions, they feel like they bring them comfort, right? That's why they engage in the compulsions over and over again. But in reality, when you can learn that you are still safe and that you can tolerate your obsession, and that you don't have to automatically go to your compulsion, when you can break that cycle, it starts to lower your distress overall, to the point where you very likely aren't going to notice your obsessions as much. For other folks who are still struggling, there are other tools besides just ERP. There are certain antidepressants, certain anti-anxiety medications that might be helpful. And for really severe cases of OCD, there are some new interventions being studied like deep brain stimulation. And so there's really a lot of help out there. If you can get yourself to a specialist, that would be ideal. Somebody who specializes in OCD, who knows exposure and response prevention, who has the capacity to potentially connect you to a medication resource if necessary. 
that would be ideal. But we're learning so much more about obsessive compulsive disorder, including more about the potential genetic contributions in terms of the anatomical and physiological correlates with it, in terms of the way that inflammation in the brain might affect it, in terms of the way that your gut microbiome might affect it. We're learning so much more. People do not have to suffer alone. So hopefully, whether you've ever had anything resembling these symptoms or not, you've learned a little something today about what obsessive compulsive disorder is. And the next time you see that meme going around that makes you decide that you have OCD just because you like to straighten the books on the bookshelf that's pictured, you can say, nah, I know better than that. Thanks for joining me today. Once again, I'm Dr. Andrea Bonnier, and this has been Baggage Check, with new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. Join us on Instagram at Baggage Check Podcast. Give us your take and opinions on topics and guests. And you know you've got that friend who listens to like 17 podcasts? We'd love it if you told them where to find us. Our original music is by Jordan Cooper, cover art by Daniel Marity, and my studio security, it's Buster the Dog. Until next time. Take good care.